podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. This afternoon, I am delighted to be joined by Jerry Taylor. We'll also be hearing from Ian Conroy, who will be dialing in from New Zealand to talk about Livingston 0, Celtic 3. And I said to you, Jerry, about how Ange Postacoglu came around. There was this hoodoo, Tony Macaroni Arena. We couldn't get a win, couldn't buy a win. And he just uh, walked around Livingston with a cigar, not quite that type of performance, but a really resounding victory. I think it does loads for the morale, galvanising the side when we were up against it in adversity. Fantastic afternoon at the office. Yeah. Can we just start with 10 men every every week? <laughs> it's, do you know the thing is, we've went for playing with nine men, now a lot of the game with 10 men. When The next time we play with 11 men, we're going to be spoiled. That's no. like, it was... Do you know something? At the beginning of the season, when it's, it's been very bitty, everyone's going to expect us to fall apart in these games when we lose two men against Feyenoord and then one man against Livy. But it's been the opposite. See the grit and determination in some of these players. I've yeah. been. I was. I was proud today. Taylor. I mean, come on. Best I have been reading. My mental health. I've said before. We we constantly seen Taylor's rubbish or Taylor's this. You start taking it personally, so it's good to see some positivity about the, uh, getting said about the boy. I thought Taylor was brilliant. I thought Matt O'Reilly. We'll talk about him. We'll get to him, but uh, I, that that was exciting. I've actually been chatting. My wee pal. I'll give him a shout out. He's from the other side. My wee pal Lewis. That uh, he started at my youth theatre. I always have a bit of banter with him. And even he's just messaged there going, I have to say, that's something, by the way. <laughs> that was something. Brilliant, brilliant finish to the game. I, th- I would like to speak to uh, in- about individual performances in that. And, and obviously, as a collective, Jerry, I just think sometimes when you're up against it and you pull the performance or the result out the bag, um, it does the, the confidence wonders, not just to the players, obviously, but us as fans as well, because that is a difficult place to go. Now, I don't know if this is true, right? Because it got it from Twitter. And to be honest with you, um, I've not fact-checked it. So please, someone in the comments, tell me if this is true. That's uh, Joe Hart's first red card of his career. Is that true? Well, I don't, I saw somebody post that he'd waited 700-odd games for a red card and it would have to be at Livy away. In fact, I think somebody put that in our group chat. I, it might well be. Incredible. I'm sure he get sent off. Oh, no, maybe he didn't. I, I pictured him getting sent off with Man City. It, it would be incredible for a goalie uh, to go that amount of games without getting a red card. Um, but anyway, if someone in the, the comments can verify it, great. If not, we'll just pretend it's true. That's what happens Hi. in this world, this yeah. world isn't it? it? It was said on Twitter, therefore it must be true. Um, Joe Hart, I'm going to start with Joe because... Leading up to this game, I'm talking about the Joe Hart that um, has been playing as a goalkeeper, not having to worry too much about keeping, retaining possession, playing a lot of possession within that triangle that we talk about, Carter Vickers, Starfield. You know, we've seen it for two years, Jerry. Um, and I've said before, Joe Hart, 
pound for pound, which is an interesting comment if you think about Hattati and O'Reilly, um, has to be up there with the best uh, signings on Durange Postacoglu. He's been a brilliant impact to um, a, a depleted Celtic side at the time, a Celtic side that needed leadership. Um, but going into this season, there was a clamour for us to buy a goalie. Now, I'm not saying we needed to buy a goalie to displace Hart right now. What we needed to buy a goalkeeper for, Jerry, was for the situation we face today. So this might be starting off as a wee bit of a negative after a, a very good uh, win. But I just, you know, Joe Hart is going to get sent off. He's going to get injured. And you've got a backup goalkeeper in Bain who, and this isn't me just going for him. I'm not confident with Bain. I'm not confident with him going into the Motherwell game, never mind any games after that. And that that is where the frustration comes up, isn't it? Because I thought, I actually did think Joe Hart played well. He, he had a good save in the first half after Scales failed to deal with the, the high ball. And it just brings it back home that you've got one option on the bench and that option's a guy who's barely played football. I mean, he played one game under Ange Postacoglu. Um, the other goalkeeper, Seagrass, played two under Ange. So we've not got someone you can call upon and be confident with, Jerry. No, we don't. And you could see that with the fans as well. He was getting pelters when he gave that ball away. Um I think he's not going to have much confidence. And one of the biggest things is as well, these players are going to go on social media and the abuse he got on Twitter just for giving that ball away was was unreal. And all the goalkeepers union again here, he's going to he's going to have some mistakes in him because he's not been playing. Put on top of the fact that he's not good enough to be the first goalkeeper for Celtic, he's going to have those mistakes in him as well. And we've just got to accept it though. I, I, I loathe to kind of put in on Twitter or to slate him now because it's a case of this is who we've got and we've got to get him through these next few games and anything he sees negative on Twitter, etc. or hearing us say, it's going to plant in his head as well. But hey, at this rate, if we keep losing the goalkeepers, maybe if I play well at St Rock's game, maybe I <laughs> you could have a You could have a scout. Now, the thing with that is, before we bring Ian back into the uh, discussion, we can go on about the centre-half issues. We can go on about sending offs of centre-halves of goalkeepers. But that's our fourth, our fourth our fourth clean sheet domestically in a row. You know, we've done St. Johnston, Rangers, Dundee and now Livingston. Um, Ibrox and, and Livy, obviously, difficult away grounds. Ian, um, oh, great, fi- great finish. There he is. Great <laughs> finish to the game. Uh, overall, Ian Conroy, what did you make of that performance there in Livingston? I thought uh, it was a professional job, really. Um, we didn't get drawn in to you know sort of the uh, sort of the battle, you know. Um, so sort of see, see, seeing some of the comments uh, online about you know obviously they're all they're predominantly giants that that uh, Martindale signs, you know, um, which is you know, it does a job, you know. Martin O'Neill was quite partial to the odd odd, odd big guy, um, you know, but mm. so we didn't get, we didn't get drawn into it. I think we kept it sort of, for a patchwork team as well, you know, we kept, we kept our heads, um, kept that level of professionalism and just did the job, got the job done. And we found on so many occasions at, at Livingston, especially, we've not managed to get the job done. So, um, I think the, the calmness and composure that, that Brendan exudes, the players seem to be kind of exuding that as well, you know, um, again, despite the fact that it's a, it's, it's not, a, it's not a settled team. We've not played together that that, that many times, and uh, yeah, so business like. You, you think that you mentioned about Brendan Rodgers? I think we saw that as soon as the sending off happened. You, you just see him, he's calm. He brings yeah. Callum McGregor over. He says, "This is what we're doing." We did it. 
And uh, for large periods of that game, I'm looking at, I think there was a couple of occasions we were trying to attack and it looked like we were outnumbered. But for the most part, it didn't look as though we were disadvantaged um, in terms of being down to 10. I'm going to bring in as many comments as possible. Uh, Paul McLean could have turned out worse, but Awata, an option now, Brendan, I think he's always been an option. We've been talking about Awata. I just don't think he's a centre-half and I don't think he's a right-back. And in the pre-season, he was forced to play in those two positions. Um, we've seen a performance, at least one performance from him last season at Ibrox, where he came on and he did what he did today. He shored up the midfield. He's not, he's not got the Hatati brilliance and flair, but he can shore up a midfield. I think he likes a battle defensively. I'd like to see stats, you know, winning balls back, etc. And I think he is an option. Um, Mount Kadath, all things considered, it's a decent outcome at what used to be a bogey ground, uh, definitely. And David Boyle, Iwata coming on um, and sh- showed up the midfield. He has had to be given some game time as he is perfect for Europe. Let's not mention Scott Bain. Chancellor, I'm going to be very unfair because I think you've said this before. Uh, Maeda got in on the, the business and in on the action. Maeda's what we're accepting <laughs> on. But his quality in the final third is shocking. Jerry. You were watching the game a wee bit behind me, um, and I just told you I'm not going to ruin it for you, but Maeda's finish at the end. We've seen a wee bit of that, remember, against um, Hibs last season as well. Um, He's a type of guy, if you're a manager, he's he's a manager's dream because he's low maintenance. He does exactly what you ask him to do. The the work rate is incredible. Um, I think Taylor behind him has had a shout in for the man of the match, but Maeda does a lot of that defensive work for him as well. And I think he was deserving of that goal because he does get a lot of stick. You know, I, I was going on about the, the shot that he had against St. Johnston that hit the Green Brigade uh, on the left foot. Uh, that didn't happen today. It was a brilliant finish, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was unreal. I think he doesn't like easy chances, does he? Maida? Exactly, yeah. I mean, there was a couple today that it can be frustrating at times. I think he got away with it the day with a couple of misses because obviously we were a wee bit more in control of the game. But what a finish. I was writing loads of notes about Maida. He's just... I'm seeing... I think he looks faster this season than he did last season. I don't know why that is. But when he's closing down and he's winning the ball back. Today I'd written that a couple of times. The amount of times we won that ball back, you know, it was just... It was great to see a lot of defensive work there. Like you said, Taylor as well, the two of them together. Just brilliant. What a goal. You get you got to watch my reaction as the, do- the goal happened because I was, I was lagging behind. Oh, it was great. I went to see it properly with a replay and everyone didn't get a chance. But aye, great finish. He's one of my favourite players. He always has been. He's, well, been, a, been. he's been a tremendous signing. There, there is absolutely no doubt about it. And I think that when you're looking at the amount of um, younger kind of winner, wingers that we're bringing to the club, um, and you look at Maida and you you sometimes you often forget just how young he is as, as well. And, and the fact that we got him for under £2 million, brilliant bit of business. Um, just never expect him to be a prolific goal scorer. Never expect him. If, if, he, if he pulls something like that out the hat, great. He's got it in his locker, but just don't expect it of him. And it was really, for me, a perfect end to the game. Ian, uh, when you look at performers, star performers, if we're talking about the left-hand side of the park, uh, we've got to speak about Greg Taylor. Taylor's come in for a lot of stick this season. I thought it was brilliant today. I agree. I think, And with Taylor as well, it's like, He's a, he's, I think he's a, he's a seven, a solid seven out of ten in pretty much every game, you know. And he he means it. He looks like he means it. He's like, you know, I don't know whether he was a Celtic fan as a kid or whatever. I don't know, but he looks like that kind of. It's almost like Ralston esque um, in terms of his commitment. When you see the, the 
you know, he's, he's, he gets stuck into a challenge with the, if the camera ever pans to his face. He's, he's, he's tuned in, he's concentrating, and he's, 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 you know, his work ethic is, is, is second to none. I, I, really, I really like him. I like him as a guy, you know, he seems like he's a, he's a good teammate as well. Um, obviously, you know, form up and down for any player, any walk of life, you know. We're, we're not, we're always be consistently brilliant, apart from us guys, obviously. Um, so, but, you know, it's so I, I like him a lot, and I think he had a good game today. I think, I think he embodies... That kind of you know that, that kind of never they say die sort of uh, attitude that we, we we demand. You you know this I, I do think back and it's maybe a bit a bit old school, but we talk about um, the relationships you have with particular players, and sometimes there are players who are on a very short leash, one or two bad games, and all of a sudden the two seasons yeah. that they've been playing consistently are forgotten about. Um, whereas there are certain other players, and it's maybe because of the flair and, and all that kind of stuff, who get an easier ride of it. Taylor, um, I don't think he had a particularly great start to the season, Jerry, your namesake. But you've got to remember that he had fitted into a role under Ange that really suited him because he is a bit of a ball player. He likes to come inside. So the inverted role for me really helped him. And I don't think they were playing that in the first maybe three games of the season. And then when we started to implement that again and he was deployed more of an inverted fullback, he's looking more like the Greg Taylor of old. So for me, again, a wee bit like the goalkeeper with Hart, I still think we need a left-back, but I'm not talking get a left-back because I'm not happy with Taylor. Get a left-back because we need to push uh, the jersey. We need to push, get, get someone breathing down the neck of Greg Taylor, same with Joe Hart. And if something happens, I'm not happy with Scott Bain as the backup. And I'm not happy with Burnaby as a backup. So um, brilliant to see Taylor coming back into it. But again, come January, I still want another left back to really push him for the jersey. Yeah, definitely. The left back and the goalkeeper were the two positions we were talking about all pre-season. I was getting stick for never for never shutting up about the goalkeeper situation. But with left back, you don't want you've got to have better players challenging each other. That's how Greg Taylor's going to get better. If he's got someone at the same standard, hopefully at a higher standard than him, it's going to push him on as well. So uh, it was good to see. He was looking a bit lost the first few games of the season. And I think, that, I don't know if Brendan's, like I said the other day, just went, just play inverted. Let's just go back to that. Because it seems to have snuck back in, you know, that way. Um, he was all over the place today, in a good way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great to see. He, he, like you were saying, he always just looks like he's blowing out his backside from the first whistle because he runs and he runs and he runs. He's just... Yeah, I'm really good to see. Happy for him as well, because we all wanted to be proved wrong. Because, like you said, we know how good he's been for two years. He was going through a rough, rough patch there, so hopefully he'll kick on from here now. It's interesting, Jerry, how quickly it goes from being the guy on the T-shirt, you know, with the fat boy comments. Remember that? Yeah, um, oh, brilliant. A bit of a cult hero to, oh, like, get ready, tell he's not good enough. And that, that basically, that's a pendulum of being a football fan, isn't it? We're very fickle. Um, uh-huh. And on the one hand, you can only you can only call what you see in front of you. So if someone plays well, you, you can comment on that. But you know, similarly, if someone's not playing well, you can comment on it. Mm-hmm. But with a view to how can we get them playing back to their best, and I think Taylor's back to that. I also want to mention on the on the other side, um, Alistair Johnson, who I said before the game, Ian, I don't think I've seen him having a bad game for Celtic. He's a warrior. He's an absolute warrior. But he's got a bit of football about him as well. He's one of the guys, like you were saying earlier on, you can just trust he's going to give you a 7 out of 10 every single game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't want to keep harking back to um, Ange. Um, he seemed to have this... Whether it was Ange's players or whether it was um, it was, it was um, 
young Lowell's sort of uh, keen eye. He embodied again that 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 spirit of of, of Ange, you know that kind of you know it's a, you know um, he was a replacement, you know through through the season, um, and he, he just came and slotted right in, um, and he just looks a class act. I think he probably the next the next sort of big biggish sale, um, you know. But he does, you're right. He, he, he's, he's, he doesn't really have any 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 flaws, is what I can see. You know, he's just a he's just a good a good good class player. Yeah, did you see his reaction with the fans today? Brilliant. So, uh, did you see it, mate? So basically, yeah. the, the ball's coming in. He's about to head it away, and the fans have shouted, "Leave it!" So he's left it, and it's went out, and he's turned around and thanked the fans. <laughs> so for me, yeah, like, yeah. the twelfth man, indeed. You know, Aye. Yeah, 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 yeah. get an assist yeah. from the stands. It's brilliant. Terence Pat's asking when CCV is back. Um, Brennan Rodgers was saying it's going to be early October, uh, Terence. But when you think about it, when he comes back. He's such an important part of this team. He has been since he came at the club. It goes right back into the team. I'm going to ask you the question, though, Jerry. Who does he partner? Because at the moment, from what I've seen, and I like Lagerbjelk, and I don't think he's, other than a red card, I don't think he's done anything that bad in a Celtic jersey. He switched off for a moment against Rangers, but obviously we got away with it, uh, and rightly so, because he was impeded. But I think when he comes back, Carter Vickers partners Scales. I don't think Scales has done anything to lose his jersey. Definitely not. And I think when you say uh, Terence, I think it's a wee bit harsh to say we miss him badly. We do miss him. Of course you'll miss a player of that calibre. But we've had four clean sheets in the league. Uh, we've had four clean sheets with these players. Um, I think it's been great to see them, especially Scales, doing so well. But I think it, Scales is nailed down for it with Carter Vickers, if you ask me. But then when Narov, Narovsky comes back in as well, yeah. it's and then Phillips, it's... Uh, what it's a good headache to have eventually when they all get fit, but for me, that's a real tough one. You've got to get CCV back in. You have to, but how do you break that to the other two if they continue to get clean sheets? Uh, it's a tough one. I the don't thing know. Is, the Jerry, the thing is, there's so many moving parts to it. So, so Brennan Rogers is looking at that, like you say, and you think, well, you've got to bring Carter Vickers back in, but he needs to manage the expectations. Whoever drops out, he needs to look at their confidence, make sure it doesn't knock them. Because we've seen this season, you know, like the flicker coin, you you might need to call back on that player again very very soon. So you can't like freeze them out, and then you know the confidence can take a a bashing. Um, Ian, you're watching from afar. I think it's pretty much after midnight over in New Zealand at the moment, isn't it? So um, what's it like over there when you're used to being in Glasgow and being in amongst it and, and all that kind of stuff to, to kind of be watching from afar? Um, I, yeah, I suppose you, 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 you can have a bit more perspective, I think, you know, you kind of you, got, you make the effort to sort of stay up and watch the game on your own generally, you know, um, you know, unless it's, I've been to the pub a few times to watch an old form, well, sorry, a Glasgow Derby game um, back in the day. Um, but it's quite nice. It's quite nice to sort of sit and have that perspective and, you know, not be, not be bothered and actually sort of sit and concentrate. And the fact that I'm just sitting making notes, I'm actually writing the notes down, but you, you, you make these mental notes anyway when you watch them as a fan. So um, it's good. It's good. Um, goodish. Actually, it's not as good as being back home and actually going to the games and you know being 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 among your brethren, you know. But um, yep. it's the next best thing, you know. 
Oh, definitely, definitely. Now, Tony Cassidy's having a wee sing-song. Fair play to you, Tony. It's uh, 10 to 3 in the afternoon, and you're having a wee sing-song. Always great to see you in the comment section as well. Um, if you do want to make a comment, all you need to do is subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell as well. We go out every single weekday. We cover every single game, and we're adding to the, the channel by doing some fully produced material, such as a wander round paradise. Jerry Taylor was a very popular addition to that the other week, Jerry. It was great to have a wee walk around Celtic Park, wasn't it? What a way to kick off your week. I had a great time. A great time. The feedback was good. And a lot of folk were talking about how I nearly got hit by a 90 mile an hour speeding motor as well. But do you notice, I didn't even flinch. No, and I I, I, I wasn't even concerned for you. I felt pretty bad. I noticed that, by the way. I saw that. (laughs) Just keep filming, keep filming. No, I think what you've done uh, is great with the Wonder Around Paradise. And you just see what you're doing with Axel, mate. It's just growing all these different branches. And it was great. It was was so much fun to be there. And do you know what it was? I said to all my mates, I says, just to be able to film something with that background, with that backdrop, I've got that forever for the rest of my life, you know? just to be associated with them. And uh, it was great fun. I, I loved your one with Simon as well. So I uh, know them off. So keep them coming. When, when are you getting me back? No, exactly. Anytime. You're welcome to meet me anytime up on on the Monday morning. Um, yeah, we've had a bit of rain, a bit of sunshine. We've not had snow yet. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, Marky, um, the team and manager done great today. I think they did. I really do. I think the reaction of Brendan Rogers. I'm getting the sense that, I'm not going to say we were spoiled, Ian, right? Because... When Big Ange came in and he had a philosophy, I said at the time, I said, right, a philosophy is great. Tony Mowbray had a philosophy. He spoke about a football utopia playing with two wide men in a traditional Celtic sense. He spoke all about it. It was just words. Ronnie Dyla had a brilliant philosophy, I felt. Didn't quite see it coming to fruition. Ange came in, he spoke about entertaining football, and he entertained us for two years and Brendan Rodgers has come in. He's a different type of gaffer. I think we're going to get the job done. It might not be as pretty all the time, but he is very pragmatic, and I think that he's added that since he's left Celtic Park. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think with, I think with Ange, he, he perhaps he had that. He, he admitted he had that kind of distance with the players, you know, so he could, he could be more clinical in his decisions. And it was almost like, you know... This is this is my system. This is the way I play. You, you, I identify you as a player. If you don't cut the mustard, someone else will come in. And he was quite clinical like that, you know. I think you know, which raised raised the standards. Also, when he when he when he spoke about you know going into games and things like that, he had that that, that was it's the Antipodean kind of attitude, you know, that kind of that confidence. He wasn't phased, you know. Rogers seems to under you know, downplay things a wee bit, you know, kind of almost like. Getting an excuse in early sometimes, I feel. Um, mm. Not that he's doing that, but whereas Andrew's like, no, this is our job, this is what we do, we're not faced, you know? And that kind of filtered across, certainly for me as a fan. It was like when we had Larson as a player, you just like, we'd have some, someone who's that class and who's that, that confident and that, that, that quality. It just gave you that, 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 that you know, that, that, that belief. And Ange, Ange gave me that as a fan. Roger's not so much so. But that's not to say that his his quiet confidence is not as effective, you know, uh, as as effective. And, and it's, uh, yeah, just different personalities, I suppose. But it's uh... you said something very interesting, and because you you touched on the fact that Ange did have that. I'm not going to say a division, but he had a distance between himself and and the player. And you've seen it. We've all kind of seen employment where you've got gaffers who are very much um, almost part of the team. 
and then you've got other gaffers who are, are there's definitely a division they're your gaffer um, and it can work both ways because I've worked well with, with both approaches um, and I think that when you look at Rogers and uh, obviously that moment with, with Callum and I think back to when he was talking about you know he hadn't decided to take the job yet but he wanted to meet Callum McGregor and they go to Mallorca and they meet there and they have a meeting and all this kind of stuff I think he's he's very much more kind of person-centred Jerry to, to use a kind of corporate term whereby Matt O'Reilly's mentioned it as well in some of his interviews you know where he'll come and he'll sit with you for lunch and all that kind of stuff um, and, and I think Days like today, and I'm not putting it quite up there with uh, Aberdeen, where we win under Ronnie, and he goes up and he gives it the big, you know, the big fist pump, and um, Ange up at Petardry done the same, and he's given it all that. But we went there today at a historically uh, troublesome uh, hunting ground. Not only that, we get our goalie sent off, and we still manage to win and win pretty comfortably. It's about the game plan. Now, the final game on Tuesday, what might get forgotten? when you start looking at the fact we got beat, big disappointment, two sending-offs. Actually, Rogers had the game plan spot on on Tuesday night, and I think he had the game plan spot on today as well, even when we went down to 10. I felt more positive coming away from that Feyenoord game, losing with nine men, than I have in any other game this season. Because to me, I saw some real positive signs, especially the defensive side of it. The two blocks of the first half, it just, they just like, they weren't, the final were never going to get through them and it took that stupid free kick. I think it's hard to see right now a lot of positives because everything seems all muddled with the red cards, with the injuries, all that kind of stuff, changing the play, everything. This one's for you, Jim Moore. I'm really positive about this just now. I am. I think we're slowly and slowly just going to get tighter and tighter as we go getting all our players back. Um, Tilio, Jared, has raved about him. And I, I, I'm still really excited about Tilio. Uh, well, I'm in a happy place with it all just now. Ask me, ask me midweek. The thing is, Jerry, you, you mentioned like red cards and you mentioned injuries and how these can, can blur, they can blur the edges a wee bit because you're concentrating on things like that. I was just having a look at the start of 11, didn't mention it in the pre-match, but Hart, Johnson, Taylor, Lagerbilt, Scales, O'Reilly, McGregor, Hatati, Forrest, Furuhashi, Maeda, one new signing in the start of 11. Um, despite all the injuries, Lagerbilt's the only guy that started and arguably, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't be starting if CCV was in the team. Mm-hmm. What does that say, Ian, about the recruitment? I've not actually asked you about recruitment, if you're happy with it, if you're not. Uh, we've been banging on about you try to get a balance between people that you buy for an instant impact against guys you buy and you develop over a period of time. And I just felt that, that in that transfer window there, there was far more of a, a weight towards the developing players rather than guys that you, you can count on. I don't think you can say we've had a, a, a top-notch sign in this season and, he, and he's winning you games and all that. We've not really seen that this season, have we, Ian? No. I was thinking about this, and I read a, I read a piece uh, Chris Sutton did. I, I love Chris Sutton. I love, I love you know, I love, I love his everything about the way he approaches things and analyzes stuff. But I had a thought about you know, I, I was thinking about when um, you know Man United signed Rio Ferdinand for a lot of money from Leeds. At the time when when Liverpool signed Van Dyke for a lot of money, it was a huge outlay. But over time, it's paid back. And I wonder if Celtic had actually gone for like a, a couple of fifteen million pound players. Obviously, there's associated wage and all that, so it upsets the, the, the wage structure. But could that be the thing that, that, that bridges those gaps of quality? Now, 
I, I believe it could, you know what I mean? What I mean is, like, tried and trusted. We, we, we kind of want to watch with, with, the, with the Japanese boys, you know, they were unknown, but they've, they've done really well. It, it could have gone the opposite way. Luckily, it didn't. But what I'm thinking about, it's certainly to, to sort of, you know, go slightly further in Europe, as, 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 the, as the club say they want to do. Um, a couple of proven quality players who, who've been there and done it. Obviously, that, you know, that comes with an associated cost of wages. But if, if a player's doing it and winning your games... You've got to take it on a chance. Well, look, that's, that's what we're paying for. They get more money. If I and if, as a manager, I'd be saying, well, if you can do it, I'll, you can, I'll, we'll give you the same salary. But if you're not doing it, that's why we bought these 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 I suppose higher echelon of players. I, I don't know. Um, it seems like it still seems like it's a bit money ball. Um, which it we, does, doesn't it? I don't think I don't think it'll ever change. I, I think you know it's a good model, but we can never build sustain a sustainable team because we're we're always looking to sell players. You know so. You're never, no matter how many players there are exist in the world, you're never going to replace like for like. You're going to have a dip if you got, you know, you know, Jota. We've lost Jota. We've got good money for him, but it's, it weakens the team, you know. And just in the sense that they're not playing, you know, there's a new face in the in the team, so they've got to, they've got to jail. It's like the, the centre back pairing, like you know, you can you can have interchangeable players, I think, further up the field. But when it's when it's a centre half pairing that we had, Carter Vickers and Starfelt and Joel Hart. You said before, you know, it's like they all knew each other. That's that's the nucleus of the team that should really pretty say, pretty much stay fixed. We've got an abundance when they're all fit, but you still want to have that consistency, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Long-winded answer, sorry. So my view on the recruitment, I think I think we're hedging our bets again rather than actually condensing that and go, going for tried and trusted, maybe more expensive players that are going to have that extra quality that we that we're looking for. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and it's the immediate impact, isn't it? Because we're, we're quite a bit now, we're, we're well into our season now, we've played in Europe already and we're starting one new signing, Jerry. When you look at the, the amount of players we've brought in, only one of them's getting on the starting uh, team sheet. And I think that, is it alarming or is it more of a case of, I start to then look under the bonnet a wee bit and say, well, does Brennan know rate some of the guys that have come in? You know, it's not like he's refused to play them, but I'm, I'm using today... As an example, uh, one of the guys obviously that did come on was Owen. There's a comment here coming in from Mount Kadath saying, we need O to score before Kyogo gets injured eventually. Well, on that note, O, o had a, a really good um, scoring record last season, didn't he? He ended up scoring seven and three starts. And if you looked at the minutes played, he, he had a better goal scoring record than the aforementioned Kyogo, who had played a lot more games, obviously. Um, but I, th- I do think it is important to give him more game time because it's just cameos that he's getting at the moment. And if we've not learned one thing from this season, it's it's in relation to injuries, isn't it, Jerry? Um, I mean, when Kyogo went off with shoulder against Dundee for a couple of minutes, it really was hearts and mouse because you're thinking to yourself, I like O. I do think he gives you something different. There's there's a physicality to his game. I think he, he's got a real confidence that, that he's going to make it. I love that because he is. He's still got youth on his side. But he's not getting enough games for my liking. And I'm as worried in that position as I am in the left-back and in the goalkeeper position when it comes to quality because we now only have two recognised strikers, don't we? Yeah. Do you know what? Alarm bells weren't ringing until you pointed out that we only had one of our new signings starting. Mm-hmm. And that that adds more fuel to the fire of is Brendan trying to prove a point here? Like they weren't. What signings were his? Probably none of them, to be honest. In the time scale that he had, 
anyone that he wanted, he probably couldn't get in. Is he going to get them in in January? I'm with you when it comes to oh, his physicality. He's a, he's really sure of himself, and I think I think he was like Jack Amakis left because he wasn't getting the game time that he wanted behind Kyogo, and I think we're in we're in danger of losing out to that as well. I think we are on a game, so he'll be a great goal scorer for us. He was like against Livy, especially. I mean, those some of their players are monsters, by the way. See that Nubile? Uh, it looks so strong, and I think O is the perfect guy. Kyogo, for all they could have the best movement in the world, if you're not getting any of that space, then it's pointless. But I, I'd like to see him getting more of a run of games, like you say. We'll see, I, alarm bells are going a wee bit now, actually. Well, it, again, it, it's one of the things like you could probably have the same argument about Ange. Which players did Ange identify? Did he have a good knowledge of the Russian market, for example? We signed three players. Um, Starfell, uh, who was it? Abulga and Haksabanovic. I don't think that it was Ange that identified they guys. So, you know, uh, the situation is probably the same with, with Brendan Rogers, and that some of the guys have been identified oh. by him. But certainly, what was, that? was that a yawn or a sneeze there? That was. It was a wee cough or just a wee tickle in the oh. back. <laughs> I'm not getting emotional, but I might start crying. Um, yeah, but again, it's going to—it's always going to be difficult. And I think his comments around, I'll, I'll coach the players that I'm presented with, were, were very interesting. Um, because that's not the Brendan Rodgers I kind of got to know first time round. I don't think we can do a post-match today without talking about Matt O'Reilly. Um, Ian, you mentioned earlier about you know hedging your bets and, and trying to maybe get a situation when you're bringing a clutch of players and one or two of them come to fruition. Uh and winning a watch, well, we certainly won a watch with Matt O'Reilly. This is a guy that came in two Januarys ago from MK Dons, who were playing in the third tier of English football. I've got to confess, and I know this is nothing to do with Celtic's recruitment strategy. They don't they don't consider whether or not I've heard of the player. I'd never heard of him. Um, he comes in, and, and I think he's been a sensation. I would go as far to say that he's playing his best football of his Celtic career under Brendan Rodgers. He's added goals to his game. But he was all over that part today. Defensive quality was outstanding. Passing ability, brilliant. Winning the ball back. He was super. My man of the match today. And I've not back a £10 million bid for him. He's a guy with a, a very, very high ceiling, isn't he? <coughs> he really is. Uh, you know, I think he was he was Fulham, wasn't he, as a, as a youth player? That's that kind of like when you, you know, footballers, you, know, you play it back to, to, to go forward, you know. I think you know, when he's dropped down to MK Dons, mm-hmm. he's had a, an opportunity to play first-team football. And he's shown, you know, luckily we picked him up. I think quite easily he could have gone to the Championship or, or even to the Premier League, you know. Um, had he stayed at MK Dons, I think he was, he was seeing some of his, his, his stuff at MK Dons. He was, he was clearly a good player. I think he was their best player, you know, by far. I think a lot of our fans echoed that as well. So good recruitment uh, to get him in. And I think, yeah, you're right. He's, he's Mr. Consistent. He seems like a good egg, you know. Um, just... Just a perfect Celtic player. He really is. He's, a, he's, a, he's all over the place. Um, tidy. Tidy on the ball. Doesn't really waste a lot. Um, and I think other players around him get confidence when he's in the team. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's an elegance about him. Um, I really like him. I think he's a good player. He was my man of the match as well, by the way, today. No, we said at the beginning of the season, add goals to this player's game. You know how... We often say this, the minute a player has got everything, he, he leaves us. <laughs> the minute he gets that, that wee bit right, he's away. Um, and O'Reilly, on the one hand, you're thinking, if that boy has goals to his game, he, he takes it to another level. And then you've got that secondary fear. 
Jerry of, oh no, we might lose him because they're already knocking back ten million pound offers. I don't think ten million was anywhere near what we could get for the guy. No chance. It's an embarrassment that offer ten million. Did you see in the ninety second minute he throws his body in front of that ball to stop a goal when you're two 0 up? It's unreal, man. Like, unreal. His attitude, his application, everything about him. So I'd I'd add maybe another thirty million to that and then we'll maybe talk. <laughs> I just but, think you know when, when you do um sell a player and you use it as almost like a yardstick, you say, right, that that's what I'm talking about. I know Jota was different money. It was new money, new football money. Um but I th- I just think when you're looking at a player like Atati and O'Reilly, I'd rather have them than have 10 million pounds in the bank and this right. is the thing so I would scoff at it a wee bit like that as well so it's been a, a for me it's been a very enjoyable afternoon um, and we get the points on the board before anyone else does it was it was really good to be getting the game early uh, we've gone to Motherwell Scott Bain will be lining up in goals I just uh, I just hope that we're, we're solid in front of them um, but we should be able to get the job done tricky away tie uh, at Fur Park always is but thank you everybody for getting involved a thousand um, on the, the chat after the game, 1,100 during the half-time bulletin. It's absolutely tremendous. We've got some good news for you. Uh, Jerry and I will be on on Monday afternoon. We've got some good news. We're not allowed to say it. So we'll tell you on Monday. Come back at 12.30 on Monday afternoon. Big news for Axom, and we'll reveal all that when Jerry and I are on at 12.30. Uh, all that's left for me to say, Ian Conroy, welcome to Axom. Brilliant debut. And Jerry Taylor, thank you for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network.